I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show and what a massive show we've got for you. We're just in week three and again we're jam-packed full of great guests. We're going to talk ICW, we'll talk Ring of Honor, we're going to talk about Brett the Hitman Hart coming to the UK and we've got tickets to give away VIP tickets. You could meet the Hitman I cannot wait for this coming up in a couple of weeks' time. We'll talk about the latest news from the WWE around the world of wrestling, preview our favourite UK indie shows for this weekend. It's another action-packed pro wrestling show. Uh, Will Gavin, John Jackson, how are we doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm all right. Should we tell people this is take two or should we just move on? This is take two because in the first take, Will did a hand gesture, which I, which I, I won't. It looked like he was cupping some plums, put it that way, and it threw the whole thing off. So we've started again. Um, I'll say what I said before. Today's show for me is brought to the brought to you by the two words "Yas Queen." Yeah, uh, which is a spoiler alert. Yeah, you, you meant to say spoiler alert before you spoil things, by the way. But that's all right. Friend of the show, Ginny, now not the Rev Pro. Women's champion, the Progress Women's champion as well. Absolutely delighted yeah. for Ginny. Um, coming up on this show, though, we're going to be talking with Silas Young. Yes. Ahead of Ring of Honor being in town this weekend. The last real man. I cannot, it, that was a really good fun chat. We're talking with Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Bleeping Dennis. Who, uh, cur- <laughs> Is that what the kids called him when he was a teacher? <laughs> Behind For- his back, maybe. Yeah. Former head teacher, out with an injury at the moment. Had a great programme while he's been out with Mark Andrews, uh, despite that fact. But he is going to be hosting live Q&As across the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th of June in Brighton, Cardiff, Oldham and London. I even got them in the right order, John. Off the top of my head. Uh, Yeah. Hosting Q&As with Brett the Hitman Hart. Amazing. With Kayfabe Wrestling. Go to at Kayfabe Events on Twitter to find out more about those events. And we're going to be sitting down with the Hitman in Brighton in a couple of weeks' time for the show. So cannot wait for that. So Eddie joins us to talk about that and about his career and what's going on at the moment when he'll be returning to the ring. And we're joined by the main man, at ICW, Mark Dallas, the guy who started it all off, the main promoter, the big cheese to talk about uh, one of Britain's biggest wrestling promotions. Uh, and again, really good. This show is normally, we, we aim for a tight hour. 
Oh, it's not going to be a tight hour today. This is going to be a flabby 90 minutes, probably. This is going to be like that dude at the Royal Wedding. We're just going straight <laughs> over the time limit. We're, we're <laughs> preaching on. Except we're preaching. Our religion is wrestling. Uh, so that's all coming up on the show. Uh, Willie's dressed just like the preacher randomly. Why are you dressed like the preacher today? That's how I have been dressed the entire week. Just from different characters from the Royal Wedding oh, whenever right. I come into work. If you turn up to Bret Hart with a Bret the Hitman Hart leotard on, well, you I'm know, afraid I'm not going to be part of it. So we're doing a competition to win tickets for that. Two pairs of VIP tickets to every single show. So 16 tickets. I said eight when we were with Eddie Davis, but 16 tickets to go and see Brett the Hitman Hart. And because they're VIP tickets, you get a meet and greet, a photo. You can get some memorabilia signed. Front row tickets. And you get a pair of Brett the Hitman Heart wraparound sunglasses. <laughs> the pair that I'm most excited about. Do you think he'd appreciate it if we sat there chatting to him with the Brett the Hitman Heart <laughs> Did sunglasses? The entire on? interview with the sunglasses Everyone. on. Uh, I think Sam along, he can sit in the corner with his Hitman <laughs> sunglasses on. It's really hard to operate the camera while we've got sunglasses on, but we'll give it a go. Just films his own face for an hour. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Um, so that's all coming up on the show. Really excited. Some great interviews. So we'll bring those to you shortly. But let's talk about the big stories from wrestling this week. Uh, do you want to start off with... Uh, well, I, on the independent stuff, we're going to be previewing. You, you've done a nice little thing where you've gone out on Twitter and talked about the shows coming up this week. I just put a thing out there. Wh- which shows are you looking forward to this week? A few people have got involved. So we're going to preview those shows. We've got, we've got one in Sheffield. We've got one in Portsmouth. And uh, we talk a lot about Ring, on, Ring of Honour with, uh, with Silas. So um, do, you, do you want me to talk about them now? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but... Let's go for it now, then. Um, we'll talk about this with Silas, but Ring of Honor are in town, which is always uh, in town, in the country. Yeah, they're doing Glasgow, London and Doncaster. Correct. The first time ever at the Dome in Doncaster. No, yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever sold a show based on that before, but um, <laughs> it's always an exciting time. Obviously, Ring of Honor featuring some of the hottest people around at the moment. Dalton Castle, Cody... Adam Page, the Bucks of Youth, um, Jay Lethal. I'm really excited to see Tennille Dashwood, formerly known as Emma. Yeah, you've been excited about I seeing Tennille Emma. Dashwood at any believe, point since you started doing this show. I can't believe WWE ditched her. I thought she was one of the best. Uh, and loads of loads of really cool people. You know, if you know Ring of Honor, you know the names. There are still along. a few tickets left. I know for London and for Doncaster, there are definitely a few tickets left, and they're not even in the worst seats. So no. honestly, get online and, venues, and get yeah. them now because uh, honest, forget the Champions League final on Saturday night. Come and watch some wrestling with us because it's no going to be. Wants to watch that. If there's any of Everton fans, <laughs> pop over to Edinburgh. Um, uh, what a, a big show that I'm looking forward to. I'm not going. I'm just. I'm looking forward to watching it on demand afterwards. Monday the 28th, Defiant Road to Destruction in Sheffield. The lineup for this is incredible. You've got Travis Banks versus Volta versus Zack Saber Jr. Nice internet title. There's going to be chops galore. Chops galore, indeed. As always. Um, Kaylee Ray. I think we need to we we need to discuss this. Like everyone talks about the star system, and specifically everyone loves on Mr. Meltzer and the stars he gives out. And we were talking about this when we were at Raw and SmackDown about things that we'd award star. Like I think we should do a star rating system, but it shouldn't just be based on our thoughts. It should be like you know, if there are twenty plus high end chops in a match, that gets you half a star. Definitely. If you win a if you win a match with a cheap roll up. Definitely worth half a star extra, like stuff like that. I think there's 
yeah, what for about high spots rest of, for rest of drinks of crowd members beer. Yeah, oh, that's that's worth a it's full star. Nice. That's a full star on the rating. And and like, much like Meltzer, we'll start to ignore five stars. It'll go to whatever we want it to go to. Yeah. So send in some suggestions. I mean, for Travis, Pro Travis Banks, Volta, Zack Sabre Jr., that's going to be at least an eight star match. Right? <laughs> I would have thought so. Yeah, and most of the stars come for chops. Um, Kaylee Ray and Chris Brooks are teaming up to form CCK, like uh, nice. Peter K. Good, good. Uh, versus Havoc and Haskins. That's going to be crazy. Are Great. We, are we going to see Jimmy Havoc powerbomb another lady wrestler through a table? Or and then least... get stick on Twitter for it and call everyone C-bombs? At least try to. Uh, B Priestley versus Chardonnay for the uh, number one contenders, which will be good. This is a great. This is a, could, B Priestley we could go to Sheffield on Monday. If you follow them on on Instagram, um, been doing loads in Japan recently, having a great time. And then Rampage Brown versus Joe Hendry for the defiant title. I mean, what? Let's go to Sheffield on Monday. Yep, hundred percent. If there. you're not, yeah, we, we're going to do our best. And then uh, we'll, ICW had a big show this last weekend. We talked with Mark about that, and we look forward to their next show coming up in Glasgow. Progress back in London for their first show in Camden for two months coming up this weekend it's this jim's 40th birthday show where yeah. it, we've, we're all going back to 1977 apparently Wasn't i born. <laughs> yeah not sure i'm going to be wearing but any they've fancy not announced dress, any matches have they it's I, I think it's all a bit of a surprise all i wanted to say from last weekend because again we don't want to give too many spoilers because they don't put their stuff till the following week but Ilya Drogonov did come out and challenge Pete Dunne and it's officially been made for September for the UK European marks out there. The WXW champion going up against the WWE UK champion in September. That is going to be a match. Cannot wait for oh, big that. Uh, right. Pete's been taunting him on, on Twitter saying uh, that he only does 30 matches a year type thing. <laughs> Good. Typical Pete. Good. Um, we've got into this show now and we've been on for, what, eight minutes and we haven't mentioned Bobby Lashley's sisters yet. I think that's the show. The, the segment it out of my mind. The segment that made Bailey, "This Is Your Life," look Emmy Award winning. Oh dear! And my concern is Alexa Bliss bounced back from "This Is Your Life" because she's such a fantastic heel, yeah. and because she works that so well that. Actually, we all went, oh, that was really ugly, but she got over it. They had the match. She moved on to a new program, and it was fine. Sami Zayn, I'm liking the stuff with Kevin Owens, but think about the fact that Sami Zayn came through before Kevin Owens, was an NXT champion before Kevin Owens, was had that f- you know, phenomenal John Cena match where he got injured, which knocked him back a bit. Mm-hmm. But he's yet to hold a title on the main roster yet, whereas Kevin Owens has held two or three different titles at this point. Yeah. I'm really worried that Sami Zayn is going to be going to turn into the next I know Dolph Ziggler's held a lot of titles in his time but, yeah, but not get of... used properly and when you think about some of the matches we've seen him in over the years think about the matches with Kevin Owens at Battleground we talked about last week think about the uh, the match with Nakamura he had on Nakamura's debut on NXT like mm-hmm. he's one of the best workers in the company and he's kind of uh, this is the kind of thing that can kill a guy well yeah, and that and Bobby Lashley's being um, used like just a guy as well. Oh well, yeah, so. but this is the second. This is not the second week because I know it's three weeks ago. But they've had that weird interview with Renee Young, where it was just, it was just weird, baffling. And they've had a week off where he was in London, and then they've had a week where he's come out and Sami Zayn is is allegedly slagging off his sisters and basically saying they look like blokes in drag. And he comes out smiling and popping the crowd and being like, "Woo!" It's like, hang on, mate. He's been slagging your family off for 10 minutes. Why are you then smiling? And, wh- and then he does a bit of a comedy act and goes, oh, I, I, you know, this doesn't really bother me. So everyone's sitting there going, well, if that doesn't bother you, why have you done this? No one cares. And what's really funny about it is that we've got this situation going on with Ronda Rousey on Raw at the moment where Rousey, when she was out, she came and did the European shows after the UK and was put into, apparently they did the same sort of um, 
bout every night, triple, it was a six-woman tag match yeah. with uh, yeah. her. Because originally she was going to do singles matches with Mickey James, and I think they made the decision to use her in tag first and start just get her a bit more of that ring rust off. Putting her in a, a championship match is real ballsy, and I think there might be something happening with that that isn't... Yeah. I don't think she's going to go out there and wrestle straight, wrestle a straight 20 minutes with Nia Jax. But the segment they did, Stephanie who could sometimes can overplay the ripping your balls off character and be, you know, it gets tired after like four months of her doing it week in, week out. But she was brilliant during that segment, the way she got in each other's faces, the way she did the smack talk for them. But actually, Rousey, on the mic was improved. Her facials were fantastic. So much Like, she sold it amazingly. And you're going, this is someone who's just come to the world of sports entertainment and yet Bobby Lashley isn't selling his angle at all and he's been doing this for 15 20 years now it's properly frustrating to watch I think I I really like there's that moment isn't there where Kevin Owens put his arm on Stephanie's shoulder and that is one of the best gifts I've seen this year oh Kevin Owens coming out and saying the the fact that this show started with 43 minutes yes I checked it of Roman Reigns related stuff Kevin Owens coming out and getting proper proper heel heat by cheering Roman Reigns and telling the crowd how much he loved him. Amazing. Great also, work. Also, uh, and this, hopefully this will go on, uh, Kevin Owens looking ever so slightly thinner. I think he's I think he's working out more. I'm just saying. He looked impressive. I, I looked at him and thought, yeah. He looked good. Al- Pete Dunne as well, looking incredibly uh, ripped at the moment. He looked awake, which was important more compared with... More than our interview from, from last week. If you've not heard the show from last week, have a listen. Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn featuring Kevin Owens. It wasn't really uh, equal. Um, someone, by the way, has just uh, literally tweeted while we're recording this. So I'll, I'll mention it. Hustle Wrestling UK have got a show next Wednesday in London. Um, they haven't sent me any details, but from what I can see, they've got Dave Mastiff, uh, Jimmy Havoc's there, Gabriel Kidd, Joseph Connors. If you like the sound of that, check out Hustle Wrestling if you're in London. As we record this on Wednesday morning, Wednesday just afternoon, there is 13 ringside seats left only. So be quick if you like it. And if if, if you're listening to this after Wednesday, the 30th of May, too late. Quite a few of the UK tournament guys in there. How have we, like, I think it happened a week ago. It happened the day after our show, which was really annoying. Right, I'm just going to run down Smackdown quickly. Yeah, go on. Biggie was great. Biggie definitely getting that push, I reckon, from the uh, from the new day. Decent match with the Miz. Good brothers getting the number one contendership. Big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's... You think they're going to get squashed, don't you? Probably, but at least it's something different. Can we shout out Kofi Kingston jumping, using Cesaro <laughs> as, a, as, a jump, as a springboard to hit Sheamus? That was probably the best move. And I think we tweeted the gif. That was the best move of the week. Hashtag move of the week. Even more so than yeah. Tanahashi... Doing a, if you've not seen that gif, uh, like Meltzer retweeted of him doing uh, a with a blow up doll, a never ending Canadian destroyer. It's very, very funny. And it wasn't that, it wasn't one of those blow up dolls, was it? I think it was just a mannequin. Yeah, well. I don't know. Let's Yeah, yeah, let's move on. (laughs) And Daniel Bryan, Jeff Hardy was great. Could I wasn't going to wait for this, so you have to tell me about this. Could have had a lot longer. They had about 11 or 12 minutes. Um, it was, they were facing off to see who faced Samoa Joe next week. For money in the bank, and the money in the bank shaking shaping up really nicely now, uh, and we'll talk more about that as we get closer to it. But all it made me think is, man, Daniel Bryan against Jeff Hardy, given twenty twenty five minutes, would be great. The same way I thought about him and Rusev last week. The same way I'm probably going to think about him and Samoa Joe after next week. It's just reminding me, a, how much we've missed Daniel Bryan, but also, why are you wasting him with Big Cass? Get him in there with really good guys, and we can get some really great wrestling out of it. Like. 
amazing mid-card stuff. Much better mid-card stuff than getting Roman Reigns Jinder Mahal, which is going to be in the oh, mid-card that, at Money in the Bank. When that was announced on Monday, I tweeted, the match that no one wants to see. I just don't think anyone's interested. Um, oh, to... they did announce, though, Stars Nakamura is going to be last man standing. That'll be good. I think that was the expect, what we expected it to be after the double 10 count at the end of the last match. Uh, I have renewed interest in this rivalry because they did another great promo section on SmackDown this week and because of the match they had uh, live in London last week. I kind of started to worry it was tapering out. I think as long as they end it here, and as long as they end it with Nakamura winning. winning the title, I'm good. I'm happy with it. And then I'd like to see Styles versus The Miz, just personally. Oh. Can I just quickly ask a question? Because I fell asleep for SmackDown, because obviously it's on in the middle of the night. Did Big Cass appear? Because there's been a lot of rumours that he's either selling the knee injury he got in London, or if he's actually got a knee injury. He came in to announce that he wasn't going to be competing, right. because he did a backstage segment saying so he was injured. He's selling it then. Well... Maybe. Because there's lots of rumours online, there's a bit of heat on him and he's, he's, he's annoying people a little bit. We are approaching a point where this is going to get to an hour and 20 minutes at this point and we All haven't right. even talked about the UK tournament yet. Right, well, let's, let's move on. Let's Quick. do that. Come on, uh, the 16 competitors have been announced for the UK tournament this year and a load of guys that were there previously that, uh, that have... Guys like Jordan Devlin, who really impressed us at Super Strong Style, T-Bone, we've got James Drake, uh, Ashton Smith, guys like that who are coming back. I think Tucker was there last time as well. Tucker, yeah, Flash. Fan- Fantastic Flash, Morgan Webster involved, Travis Banks, current Progress champion there. Uh, we, we talk a little bit with, um, with uh, Mark Dallas about... Kenny Williams and Joe Coffey who are in there. Zach Gibson finally getting his call out. Jack Gallagher there. El Ligero, who's a proper British legend. Uh, Dave Mastiff, which... Sorry, have I mentioned... Is anyone I missed? Uh, Amir Jordan. Drew Gulak. Uh, I'm going to get to that. All right. Dave Mastiff, <laughs> who very much feels like they know that the ITV world of uh, yeah. sport tapings were happening. They're like, let's sign up their top guy yeah. and get him in our promotion. Big time. Uh, and Drew Gulak. They're not stupid, yeah. A lot of people didn't like the fact that there was an American being announced in the UK tournament. Not at all. Just going to say watch NXT for the next There's few There's a weeks. reason. There's a reason behind everything. Everything is considered... Just... If, you, if, you're a, if you're a hashtag total mark, you'll know why already. <laughs> um, if you're a hashtag casual mark, you may not know. Just watch NXT for the next few weeks. Uh, it all makes sense. Exactly. And, uh, of course, that tournament is going to kick off at Download Festival 8th, 9th and 10th of June. We're going to be there for the Friday getting a bunch of interviews. If, you got, if you're going, tweet us. We'll grab a beer. We'll watch the show because we're going to go and watch the show just with the and crowd. I'm, I'm not going to be there. So um, beer's on you, you said. Beer's on me. Why not? If it's my see, round. If it's my round. like Seamus without a mohawk. <laughs> fat Seamus. <laughs> then your, uh... <laughs> Fat Seamus. Oh, God. <laughs> you're putting the fat shame in fat Seamus. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to be there for... We're going to be there for the weekend, but we're going to be there for the shows on the Friday and doing the interviews tickets are still available for download honestly go just to watch the three days of nxt download festival yeah the, the people are the nicest of any festival i've been to i honestly. think that's a good shout it's a really good go, shout. it's across the board for metal festivals everyone's really nice uh food's great we rattled through that a little bit i think some weeks we're gonna have like one guest and yeah. talk really in depth about stuff but soon, soon we'll be talking we'll be talking about who got a televised entrance on smackdown like we'll be going into some massive detail because we haven't got a guest but this week we've got three so what order Let, do you want to do them on. in? Let's go, I'm going to go say, I'm going to, I'm going to make a call on this and see if you like it. Silas Young. Uh-huh. Because Ring of Honours this weekend. Eddie Dennis. Uh-huh. Talking about Bret Hart. Mark Dallas as the headliner to round things off. 
Absolutely. Because I feel like he's the kind of man who wouldn't like it if we said leave until last. No, no. Let's leave, let's. <laughs> he he is the headline act. <laughs> um, don't forget, we are going to be running a competition for those Bret Hart tickets with Kayfabe events. So check out our Twitter at Pro Wrestle Show. Let's roll on and kick off with Ring of Honor TV champion Silas Young. You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Show here on Talk Sports 2 and this coming week Ring of Honor are in town. The Honor Club Tour, the Edinburgh Tour of Corn Exchange on May the 24th, Crystal Palace Sports Centre on Saturday, May the 26th and then off to the Doncaster Dome for the first time ever on May 27th. If you've ever caught one of these Ring of Honor shows while they're over, obviously you'll have seen a lot of guys when they come over with Rev Pro. We've got New Japan coming out later in the year but these Ring of Honor shows, these shows that you get on the streaming etc are really Really special, and you have got the likes of Cody, Dalton Castle, the Young Bucks, all heading over, as well as this man, the current reigning and two-time TV champion Silas Young, who joins the show now. Uh, morning to you, Silas. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Just getting ready to make some morning coffee. <laughs> That's uh, the absolute essential if you're going to be a wrestler. Just making sure that you're pumped and ready for the day. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's weird. Every t- every time we speak to wrestlers, we, we always ask what their rocket fuel is, and it tends to just be the biggest black coffee we can get our hands on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You gotta. It's it's like the lifeblood. <laughs> you need it. You need it pumping through your veins. Um, so you guys are all coming over to the UK this weekend uh, for a run of shows, which we're we're really excited about. We're we're kind of loving when some of these big indie promotions from around the world that we all watch online come to the UK and put on incredible shows. Um, you must be looking forward to it. I imagine um, being part of these tours is a sort of nice part of your job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get to. You get to get out and travel and see the world. I mean, what what more could you ask for? You know, you're getting to see different parts of the world you never see before. I don't have to spend a dime of my own money to do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you, you get to wrestle in front of some some awesome fans. You know, I've gotten the pleasure to come to uh, the UK before, and uh, the the crowds are just amazing. You guys, fans are so much different than American fans, but I mean that in a positive way. Are we? Would you say UK fans are a little bit more reserved, like the sort of stereotypical Brits? No, absolutely not. Oh, okay. uh, I think you guys. <laughs> I think you guys are pretty. Like you guys are. I guess you may be reserved in the fact that you're you're respectful and you're not like some uh, American fans who will yell lewd things at women and stuff like that, or just you know I don't know. I guess yelling some really hurtful things to some type of people, but. Uh, I mean, the fans, you guys, you guys are just really interactive. You're there to have a good time. You're there to enjoy yourselves. It's got to be fun for everyone. Yeah, I mean, like that kind of thing. Um, we, we go a lot to this uh, UK promotion called Progress, and their, their number one rule is, is don't be a dick, basically. And it, it's, such a, it's such a refreshing sort of atmosphere, you know, where people will actually call other people out if they are being, you know, everyone gets excited, but just being a little bit over the top and a little bit, you know, too offensive or whatever. I think that's a really good right. thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, in general, people worldwide, not just in wrestling, need to learn to police each other a little bit better. It's like uh, people can do ridiculous bad behavior, especially here in America, and everybody else just kind of sits back and sits back and watches it, where I'm quite the opposite, where when I see stuff like that happen, I'll speak up and uh, I'll say something or point it out. And sometimes I come across looking like the dick, but... You know, uh, I feel like it's appropriate and it needs to be done in every aspect of life. And if no one does it, then it'll just carry on. You, you, you need these people to sort of stand up and do it. I think that's a really good thing. Um, 
Absolutely. When you're in the UK, do you know which matches you're working? I know we've we've seen here that you're defending your title in in Edinburgh against Joe Hendry. Yeah, you know what? Um, I haven't gotten to see a lot of Joe's work, but you know I've heard nothing but uh, really good things about him. So I'm really looking forward to that match. And then there's also a a four way with uh, Punishment Martinez, myself, Sonata, and Tanahashi. So that should be should be another pretty cool match. I've never been in the ring with Tanahashi. You know, obviously, if you follow wrestling, you know who he is, and yeah, you know, how special first, and important. Yeah. Yeah, you know how special and important he is. So that'll be a pretty, pretty cool match to be part of. And then uh, I believe I have Doug Williams in one of the matches. Who you know, I mean, the guy's a freaking legend in England. So uh, I mean, not even just England, just a legend everywhere. So that'll be uh, that'll be a pleasure to be in the ring with him as well. Uh, where, sorry, just very quickly, do you know where the Doug Williams match is? Because if it's not at London, I might have to come up to Doncaster for that one because <laughs> that is genuinely, like Silas Young, Doug Williams, it's, I never would have thought about this, but with the way that your run's been over the last kind of five or six years of Ring of Honor and Doug being a legend, it's a bit of a dream match to go and see. Yeah, I think it must be Doncaster then, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> going to have to right. travel up. Get the sat-nav, we're going to Doncaster. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it has been amazing since you returned to Ring of Honor uh, with your kind of the last real man and, and this run over the past five or six years. It is incredible, the growth of both independent wrestling in that time, but particularly Ring of Honor and the heights that it's it's now hitting, you know, selling out shows all over the world and, and doing the, the numbers it's doing on streaming and you know, the numbers it, did, numbers it did over New Orleans weekend. Uh, just uh, talk to us a little bit about the growth you've seen at Ring of Honor over that period of time. Yeah, man, it's crazy, dude. Uh, uh, you know, like when I started back there, I mean, I've done stuff for them over the years. I did stuff for them in 2007, did some stuff in 2010, but then to the beginning of 2013 was when I really came back. And I believe June of that year, I mean, it, I think it was 2013. It might've been 2014, but we had a, the first pay-per-view, which was best in the world. Uh, and then it seemed like every couple months after that, something new was happening with the company. You know, uh, we were going, we were going into different markets, um, we were, we were running more pay-per-views annually. Uh, then, uh, then things started happening where we were, we were running these bigger shows, you know, the crowds were popping. Uh, we had Supercard in Florida uh, a couple years back with the Hardys and the Bucks in a ladder match that drew like, I don't know, three or 4,000 people. Uh, then we had the honor club come up and apparently that's been doing really, really good. Uh, there's been a lot of membership signing up for that. And then last uh, last couple months back here at Supercard New Orleans, we had like six thousand people in the the building, and that was that was crazy to to come out and see that. Uh, it's been awesome to be part of this company and just watch it grow and see the the potential and see that uh, the company that's backing Ring of Honor is 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 behind it and believes in it because they're putting more and more into the company and the company's giving more and more back because of it. I just, particularly Supercard in New Orleans. Unfortunately, we didn't get to be there. We were at another show. I won't mention what it was called. It's a shame that they were the same night. But the fact that there are those two shows on the same night in the same city over that weekend, I mean, there was a time where people would have claimed that you couldn't have drawn a crowd like that for one show, let alone two huge shows over the same day. It's, it's, uh, when one of them's an independent show as well, I just, honestly, it's, it's a really exciting time to be a wrestling fan because there are really other options out there. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, even even you guys in the in, in I would want to say the UK, but it seems like just Europe in general. 
you guys seem like you have, you know, you guys got a, quite a few really good wrestling companies. There's tons of talented guys coming out of there. It's, it's weird how wrestling's really just picked up. seems like it's really just picked up in like, I don't know, like you said, the last three, four or five years and just all this talent's exploded out of everywhere. You must be, I mean, like we're sort of fascinated by how Cody, we would almost call him a pioneer as someone who has come out of WWE and really made a huge name for himself and done everything seemingly on his own terms, which I don't think really has happened too often before. And, and certainly that, you know, I, I certainly adds to the success of Ring of Honor. It must be, he must be quite an inspirational guy to be around. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it is it is kind of crazy that, uh, I just got to say, this, it's kind of crazy that WWE never did anything with Cody Rhodes. I mean, let's be honest. He's, he's Dusty Rhodes' kid. Mm. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, you know, was so huge and influential in the wrestling business in general. And they, I mean, they really, they kind of dropped the ball on Cody. I mean, getting to see Cody uh, this last year plus and his abilities, uh, at, you know, not just in the ring and talking, but everywhere, it's crazy his um it's crazy to get to see how good he is, you know, uh, man, I, I don't really know. I'm going to kind of feel a little tongue, tongue tied here a little bit. <laughs> well, I think, you, well, Silas, you think about it, you think about, uh, AJ, you think about Fergal, you think about, uh, Kenny to be the, the next in line in that run of guys to be working with and, and, and kind of heading up the bullet club who have become this ridiculous international brand at this point and their merch out selling the WWE stuff and being able to be big in promotions, not just Ring of Honor, but New Japan as well. I, I, there is, there's clearly, I think, a, a blueprint that's been formed there. And, and like you say, it helps if you're as talented as Cody is and, and getting to work with the guys that you can work with in Ring of Honor. But it just shows, again, that there is life beyond yeah, ab- absolutely. I-, I think it almost seems more like uh, people are more more into the cult following, sort of, so to speak, of of the smaller independent shows because they get to they get to be up close. They get to they get to meet the guys. They get to get autographs and buy t shirts from them. You know, it's the I think as fans, that's a that's a really cool experience. I, I want to ask you about obviously all in. First of all, is the last real man going to be all in? We need to know. I don't know if I'm all in or all out. Oh man! Like <laughs> I think it's because that's another thing. Ring of Honor allowing those guys to go off and, and do that show, and yeah, being able to stick uh, certainly at least a, a thumb up to, let's say, uh, certain people who claimed it couldn't be done, selling out in half an hour. But kind of Ring of Honor allowing all that talent to go away and do that. We want to see you guys all involved because it's going to be a hell of a show in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a great show, Ed. Like you said, it's uh, it's history making. It's history making. No one else, no one else has ever done this, and I think the fact that they could do it was pretty damn awesome. You know, it is it, it is a nice little sum up someone else's ass who said they couldn't do it. <laughs> In a year of firsts, also, it's just coming to my mind here. You're you've already been announced for Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea, which. I don't think that's ever been done before. I'm sure someone's put a ring on a boat at some point, but not to this you scale. Know, you know what? I, I think I heard that WCW might have done one back in the 90s. I could be wrong. But uh, it, it, regardless of whether it's been done before or not, it's pretty awesome. I'm super happy I get to be part of the experience. You don't get seasick, do you? <laughs> You know what? I, I don't know if I do, but I'm going to probably be really drunk and be pu- puking off the side of a boat anyway. <laughs> That's the thing. No one will know if you're seasick because they'll just assume oh, he's probably just drunk. It's fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Uh, Silas, what's it been like when you see that that crop of guys coming through the the roster at places like Ring of Honor at the moment? Because you are you're you're not quite Doug Williams veteran level, but certainly you're a guy who's been doing this for some time now, and you do see a huge amount of talent. It feels like one of the the better locker rooms in the world right now. How much are you working with those kind of younger guys and imparting your wisdom on them? Uh, you know, the locker room is absolutely great. For you know, almost everybody gets along. Everybody hangs out. Uh, the, you know, all the guys are willing to work with each other. I think it's just a good, it's a good locker room of people trying to help each other. Not not even just the young guys, but you know, uh, guys come up to each other where like be like, hey man, I was thinking about you the other day, and I had this idea, and you know, guys guys bounce ideas off of each other. It's a very like open communication type of locker room. Silas, I've um, I've been reading up on you, and I didn't realize this, but you you used to be a personal trainer, and you did an interview where you said that you're still you still do a sort of couple of clients just for a bit of a laugh. Yeah, well, you know, I, I've been do I had a personal training for about twelve years, and I had a couple people that I've trained with over the years, and they're just good people. And you know, the Ring of Honor schedule allows me to be home, you know. Uh, a lot during the week so if I'm home during the week I'm not just going to sit around and do some nothing so I might as well go train some people make a little extra money hang out they're always they're good people that I enjoy hanging out with so it's not even like work well, look, John and I are going to be there on Saturday. And if there are two human beings more desperate in need for a personal <laughs> trainer or just any kind of gym regime, uh, it might be us two. So we might we might come and hit you up for some tips, not going to lie. All right, I might take you guys out in the parking lot and give you a little boot camp. Oh, <laughs> right, we'll bring a cameraman. Silas, <laughs> go and enjoy your morning coffee. We really appreciate your time, and we look forward to seeing you over in the UK over the coming weeks and, and coming out and, and doing your thing for the fans here. No problem. When you guys, if you guys see me at the show, come up and say hi. 100%, 100% definitely will do. Yeah. Silas, really appreciate your time. Silas Young joining us here on the Pro Wrestling Show here on Talk Sports 2. Check out Ring of Honor. I mean, there are still a couple, I know there's still a few tickets left for London. I think there are a few tickets left for Doncaster as well. So get involved. Get your tickets now for the shows because it's always brilliant when they bring their brand of wrestling over to the UK. Nothing you want to say off the back of that, John? Oh, no, I was, I, was just, I, was just think, I was just thinking of that match in Doncaster and how we need to get to Doncaster this weekend. Yeah. He's, he's already <laughs> there planning the out dream Google world. Maps. I'm just going to Google Maps. <laughs> uh, get in touch with us on Twitter, at Pro Wrestle Show. You're listening to TalkSport 2. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
Are you listening to the Pro Wrestling Show? This is TalkSport 2, and, well, anyone who's listening to this show knows exactly what that music is. Brett the Hitman Hart is heading over to the UK in less than two weeks' time for a slew of speaking events across the country. He's in Brighton on June the 5th, Cardiff on the 6th, Oldham on the 7th, and Bush Hall in London on June the 8th for these massive events with Kayfabe events. And we have eight tickets to give away. No, wait a minute. Yeah, is that right? That's right. Two at each event. Two, yeah, that's two right. VIP. Yeah, my math's not my strong suit. As you will learn as you listen to the show more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are getting two pairs of VIP tickets to give away to every single one of these events. And a VIP ticket doesn't just give you front row seats. It gives you a meet and greet, a photo, uh, a chance to get some memorabilia signed. You get a pair of wraparound sunglasses. These are honestly phenomenal tickets to what promises to be an absolutely phenomenal event. And and, uh, yeah, you can find, if you want to buy your tickets and get involved, you absolutely should do so. Go to at Kfabe Events on uh, on Twitter or kfabeevents.com or head to our Twitter page to to enter the competition and to, and to find more information out there. And not only are you getting Bret Hart on stage, Q&A as well, but the man who's going to be hosting the Q&A happens to be one of the, uh, the best independent wrestlers currently operating in the UK, and he joins the show right now. Eddie Dennis, how are you doing, sir? Yeah, very well, thank you. Blimey, that's uh, quite the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we try and we try and put over people as much as possible when we oh, get them on. But it's not true. But you're just trying to put me over. <laughs> Everyone's over on this show. <laughs> we we you start off over, and you you can only ruin it from there. I see. Yeah, we, very we, good. We uh, honestly debated between whether to put Andrew WK Party Hard or Bret Hart's music on the front, but uh, yeah, it's touch and go. Which is the more iconic entrance? <laughs> <laughs> Hard to say. Um, you've been out of the ring for for eleven or twelve weeks now, as people will be familiar with the the UK scene. Are so how exciting is it, considering you've been going through the rigmarole of of the gym and rehab and everything else to to get to be involved in in something with an absolute legend like Bret Hart? Oh, yeah, it's super exciting. So, uh, Kayfabe Events contacted me back, I think maybe even before I'd had surgery, about um, doing an evening with, with myself, which was um, fantastic because it was a way to, to earn some money while I was uh, while I was hurt. Um, and uh, since then, they sort of asked me to do the orchestrate the Q&A with a couple of the um, uh, American talent that they brought over. And yeah, the Bret Hart one's kind of the, uh, the the icing on the cake, you know. I'm a full-time wrestler, so four days of work in the middle of the week, uh, traveling around with Bret Hart, sharing hotels with him, and uh, operating a Q&A for a bunch of different people all around the country. Is, yeah, it's a pretty good way to uh, make a living. <laughs> Have you got it in your mind at the moment what you're going to speak to him about outside of, you know, the Q&As obviously is down to the crowd, you're going to hear his stories, but... Being able to speak to a guy who's gone through you know, one of the biggest eras and one of the biggest careers in in professional wrestling as, as somebody who's you know still relatively starting out on their journey, just that being around that knowledge for five or six days is going to be fantastic. Yeah, so as a wrestler, I suppose it's more important that we like resist the urge to mark out. <laughs> not, normally, at, uh, at an independent show or something, it's it's easy enough because even if there is, you know, a legend on the show like a like a Bret Hart, you're probably working as well, so you've got things to think about and and stuff to put together and short of them and you've got the obvious thing to ask them for feedback about what you did in your match um i, I won't have that opportunity so it'll literally just be um four days with a man so yeah you're gonna have to be uh 
I'm going to have to be focusing on the on making sure that I'm not uh, that I'm not marking out the entire time because obviously it's Bret Hart. He's one of my uh, one of my all time favourites and probably one of the best ever. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. Because you're going to have to play it cool the whole time. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think I can got, handle it. I've got to play it cool. This guy's just a colleague for the next four days. <laughs> when secretly you know, you want to ask him about how he put together Stone Cold Steve Austin and him at WrestleMania 13 or something and pick his brains because obviously he's got a, the world of uh, the world of knowledge at his fingertips. One of these dates is in is in Cardiff, obviously back home in Wales for you. So you must have it must have run through your mind that once the events finished, the Q and A is done. You and Bret Hart and a few of the others, you got to find somewhere to go after. Have you, have you sort of planned that yet? <laughs> I've not. I've not planned anything <laughs> like that. I mean, if the hitman wants to party, then I live in Egham, which is just outside London, so I know plenty of spots near Bush Hall we can go to. Um, obviously, I went to university in Cardiff, so I know plenty of spots there. Take it to the and, Union. Um, I've had I've had some great nights in the Union oh, in Cardiff. <laughs> there you go. And uh, Brighton's like a, a walking bar, isn't it? Everywhere oh. is everywhere is somewhere to go in Brighton. So that one's pretty easy as well. The only one I got no idea is this uh, this spot near Manchester. So uh, if people want to drop a drop a tweet recommended places where we can go and get some food and uh, a couple of beers in uh, in Oldham, then please do Oldham, right? Yeah, yeah, Oldham. Yeah. It, they've kind of called it Manchester slash Oldham. It's definitely Oldham, but definitely. I get why they're selling it as Manchester. Uh, I tell you what's really weird about it. And this is talking from kind of personal experience of nowhere near the, the same level of someone like Bret Hart but we've done stuff I do an, an NFL show in addition to the, the wrestling stuff and we've done stuff where we've done live Q&As on stage with you know big name players who have come over and, and guys you know great retired players etc what will be weird is when someone comes up and wants to talk to you when Bret Hart sat there and you're like <laughs> sorry why, why are you talking to me I don't understand yeah that's pretty humbling that happened like Maybe once or twice when we did the Q and A with Austin Aries, people were like, "I've actually got a question for you," and um, yeah, secretly you think to yourself, "You're wasting your time, man." Like, <laughs> I'm on I'm on UK shows up and down the country every weekend, and I'm always at the merchandise table trying to trying to hustle some T-shirt sales. So you can you can chat to me any day, like make the most out of this opportunity. But yeah, obviously it's humbling when people have a question for uh, for yourself when there's the opportunity to ask a question with. Uh, a man like Bret Hart, I suppose. It must be. I don't think that I don't think there'll be many questions over the course of the four <laughs> days, frankly. <laughs> when you say about you know hustling the t-shirts, so me and Will have obviously seen you. We've seen you at Progress. You know, Progress have included you all kind of throughout your rehab, which has been yeah. really good to, to keep you on the bill and keep that storyline with Mark alive. Um, being an injured wrestler, it must be kind of hard, but also at the same time, you're getting to do these sort of different things, which you know, like like for example, this event. And uh, and being at live events where you're not actually wrestling, but you're you sort of dipping in to keep a storyline alive, that must be actually quite cool. I mean, I know you'd probably yeah. rather be in the ring, but yeah, I mean, it 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 depends on your mindset, right? Like, I have a very much like I try and live by like a PMA mindset to to always have a positive outlook on on things. So I got injured, and that sucks, and I can't do the thing which is my uh, artistic outlet if you like so that's really difficult but with regards to the actual finances I mean I've got to figure out a way of making a, making a living so it, it, it allows you to be creative do you know what I mean and you, the the uh, a life I'd like to I'd like to work within the wrestling industry for the rest of my life and a lifetime is a long time and it's much longer than the shelf life of a professional wrestler so if I can start to learn the inner workings of 
agenting backstage or commentating or ring announcing or just working promo programs or orchestrating a QA, and a um, whatever the case may be, because I've done all of those things in the last three or four months, then um, I think it makes me a more rounded performer and it makes me a more valuable asset to any company, whether it's independent or, or, or a larger company, you know? Um, Eddie, we've actually had a tweet. We, we put this out on Twitter earlier at Press, uh, Pro Wrestle Show. And Jamie nice Hutchins, well, there's always a plug. Um, I've got a hustle, you know, Eddie's hustling t shirts. I'm hustling our Twitter. Um, <laughs> Jamie Hutchins, and, and I want to know what the story is behind this. Talking of other things while you're not able to wrestle, will Eddie MC a show on his birthday ever again? And he's included the Stone Cold rolling around in beer in the ring. So I think there might be a story there. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, I MC the show in. Um in Camden for Anarchy Pro Wrestling and it was the actual day of my birthday um, so yeah I had a few beers and enjoyed uh, ring announcing but for me I always try and ring announce like within character I'd never try and be a uh, like a straight laced ring announcer my, my character is very much like a well depending on where I am somewhere like Anarchy I'm very much a, like a fun loving party type guy so um, that's reflected in my ring announcing and it was particularly reflected on that evening in uh, March <laughs> how many of the names did you get wrong or did you did you manage to <laughs> oh, I, mate, I nailed the names I'm like <laughs> remember I don't need a uh, I don't need like uh, notes because all of these people are my colleagues and friends so I know their names <laughs> um, so that that kind of stuff wasn't uh, wasn't uh, wasn't a problem. It was more just uh, getting a little bit carried away with voicing my opinion on people's <laughs> choice of entrance music and things <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, considering you mentioned there the kind of fun-loving party side of it, that's how we were first introduced to you, Eddie. But you've been able to to start this program, run this program. It's a shame the injury came kind of smack bang in the middle of it. But with with Mark Andrews, your former tag team partner, mm-hmm. within progress and and get to go on a bit of a heel turn and, and play a different side of things. How much fun have you had doing that? Yeah, it's, you know, artistically, it's super stimulating. For me, like, I find anything in wrestling, whether it's, you know, working as a babyface, working as a heel, or working as a character that's a little bit more complex, like the one that I think I'm, I'm portraying in progress. Now, uh, it's much easier if there's elements of truth in what's going on. And I think it's much more uh, enjoyable for an audience if there's elements of truth to what's going on. So the stuff with Mark is an absolute blast because um, we did grow up in wrestling together. Everything which I voice as frustrations are real things which happened in our lives. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a real sort of like, I don't know, the adjective to use, like a cathartic uh, experience getting to voice those frustrations and, and, and portray them in, in sort of a larger than life character in a in a wrestling setting. And it's it, it's easy then I think for people to get uh, emotionally invested in it because they can feel that there's a real emotional investment from the the performers as well. And when we were a tag team like we were really uh popular with the audience and stuff. And I always said when people asked like, hey how come you guys are so popular? Because we probably had less than 30 matches as a tag team during the entire run because we didn't tag in that many other places and stuff and Mark was busy with, with TNA and then later on with WWE um, but you can't I, I just always would say that I just don't think you can fake you know realism you can't fake real friendship um, no matter how hard you try and when you'd watch us come out to party hard 
that's pretty much the the two people you'd see if you saw us dancing a party hard in a nightclub you know what I mean and it's it's very similar now that we're running uh, a feud with one another there's there's so many overtones of reality it makes it uh, that much more uh, easy, easy to emotionally invest in I think all those tiny gripes that you had with him while you were sort of you know portraying best mates you can actually bring out now and just make that's, just blow up that's pretty that's pretty much exactly it yeah <laughs> so I, I'm scared about how macro this is going to get it's going to start talking about his behaviour on, on trains and buses and in the car and stuff and... he has his feet on the seats there's signs it says don't have your feet oh I can't believe him yeah. um Eddie, I want to ask as well about, um, obviously, big news this week from a UK perspective. Uh, the the compe- uh, competitors for the UK tournament, the upcoming one at Royal Albert Hall with WWE, were announced. I thought uh, a guy responded to our tweet about it, saying about uh, you know wishing that you weren't injured and could have been involved in the in the tournament. I thought your response was, you know, in in true uh, wrestling style as we found from the scene everyone is absolutely delightful but you kind of said you've got to think about the guys that are in there so much great talent and it really is a fantastic representative list from up and down the UK and Ireland of of guys who it's going to be fantastic for them to get their opportunity particularly in on a UN US and an international audience yeah I mean um it's it's humbling. Uh, I think I've used that adjective already today, but it is humbling to hear um, to hear that people think that if I wasn't injured, that I would have been in the tournament, and that's really nice to hear. And obviously, I tried out in November for the WWE, so I know that I'm somewhat on their radar and stuff. And and I was there on Monday and Tuesday as a guest for um, for some of my close friends who were involved in the whole process so everyone saw uh, Flash debut on 205 Live on Tuesday so I was there on Monday and Tuesday with him to spend some time with him during the whole process um, it, it's super exciting right you know what I mean that world of sport all of it is is, is massively positive for the uh, United Kingdom wrestling uh, industry back in July when I um, resigned from being a head teacher I did it because I thought that there was scope for there to be a full-time living to be made wrestling in the United Kingdom over the next five or ten years, you know. And when these kinds of opportunities crop up, it really does cement that I was right with that um, that thought process. Do, do we know at the moment, Eddie, when we're going to see you actually return to a ring, when we might get you first in action? Yeah, so I was hoping that it would be the end of June, um, sort of the weekend of the June 22nd to 24th. Um, but my doctor just messaged me and said that I should target July 5th, which is a couple of weeks after that, which would be four months post-operation. So right around that end of June, start of July, short of any um, any sort of setbacks during my rehab, I'd, I'd expect to be able to uh, return to wrestling. I'm just sort of just dipping my toes in wrestling movement now. So I've started rolling at training and uh, at Saturday before the SWA show, I was sort of like moving around with Chuck Mambo, who's, I guess, my sort of like compadre because we travel everywhere together. And uh, I took like my first back bump in the last uh, three months. So just like a single leg, so a real low bump. But um, that's that's sort of where I'm at now. So just just dipping my toes back in it, and that dipping your toes process probably lasts a good a good month to six weeks before you're ready to go out there in front of a, a paying audience. You know. 
It's got to be exciting to see someone like Chuck. I was chatting with Glenn after Super Strong Style 16, a bit of a coming out party, that for him on the more mainstream audience. And they say it's it, it, difficult being on the sidelines, but it must be great to see those guys getting those opportunities and, and showing what they can do to a wider audience. Yeah, I mean, Chuck is Chuck is the one, really. He's the best example because... Uh, He's the one of, of the people that I help out down in the Knuckle Ox Training School, which uh, is run by Daryl Allen down in Brixton. Uh, and Chuck's a regular there, and, and I'll always post on the group, because I don't drive, so I'll always post on the group if I need a lift to a show. And Mambo always answers, you know, he's always up to drive someone somewhere, even if he's not booked on the show himself, just to show his face and network. And what's been cool about that is, like, when it first, when the injury first happened, and and I was confirmed on various shows around the place. Um, more than one, probably three or four different promotions. The match that I was booked to take part in, Mambo just slotted in and took my place. Um, so that that's that was just uh, sort of a a really nice message to everyone at training that if you have that mindset of like going out and showing up at shows and showing your face and helping up with the ring and putting the chairs out and, and networking and stuff, then it, it can pay off long run if you've got the right attitude and, and you stick at it. And for Mambo, he's probably been ready for ready for that that opportunity to wrestle a guy like um, Sabre for, you know, six to eight months now, but just hasn't had that opportunity on a big platform. So uh, it was extremely satisfying to uh, to sort of sit backstage and watch him uh, knock it out the park when he was given that opportunity in front of uh, a larger audience. So, I mean, you'd anticipate 2018 turning into a big year for him now. And as long as he stays injury-free and all the rest of it, I can't, can't see any reason why he wouldn't. All these promotions are going to have to order more beach balls. There's going to be some. There's going to be some. There's some, you know some bloke in Neath you know on uh, eBay getting a huge order for those beach balls he's had sat in his cupboard for, for a few years. For such a long time, we'll have this as a bit of a, a bit of a expose expose moment. But for such a long time, Mambo would just buy the beach balls for himself and take them to shows. So I reckon he was like probably net losing money on shows with the amount of beach balls he was purchasing and then being stolen by fans. It's all tax deductible, um, though. Yeah, so. I hope he gets to a point where he can be like hey here's the booking but you also need to provide 20 beach balls for me because I'm part and parcel of the entrance it's like a rider um, Eddie yeah. before before we wrap this up obviously you know you mentioned that you were a head teacher before surely when when you were sort of uh, sort of mixing the, the teaching with the wrestling you were the coolest teacher in the UK <laughs> I don't know about that um, I was a teacher in the UK uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing about it is is um, like the kids all knew about it and stuff um, and, and I always used to I, I tried to hide it from for, for quite a few years but then once it eventually got out and stuff I was super paranoid that it would affect my relationship with uh, the children but the truth is if, if someone sees you in a certain light every single day then it doesn't take them long to just forget that there's this completely different version of yourself so people who see me Every every oh people who every time they see me they see me as a larger than life professional wrestler would probably be a bit like weirded out and taken aback if they saw me you know run an assembly or, or manage a meeting with members of staff or you know balance a budget or all the various other things you'd have to do as a head teacher but on the same token those kids like 
they see me every day in, in, in a suit, every part, the, the head teacher that you'd anticipate. So to them, they, they really forget that, uh, that you've got this larger than life thing that you do on weekends. I'm waiting for you but to, to they mi- enjoy telling their friends. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting for you to mix worlds and, and make that a character. Oh, God. You know, like Finn Balor has the demon, like every now and again, <laughs> Eddie Dennis comes out as the demon headmaster. You know, you get that ev- like every time people will be like, "What you got a you got a ready-made gimmick yeah. there?" You know, the educator. Um, you can you can do all of you come out in a suit. Uh, I just think that stuff's horrible. But um, <laughs> yeah. I was never a big fan of, of characters, and their character is a different profession to wrestling. Mm. That to me is always really strange. Why someone would be a bin man um, as a character <laughs> as a high-flying bin man. It's uh, weird. Like, why, why, why are you a bin man? You're not. You're a wrestler. We know you're a wrestler because you're on TV wrestling. So why are you a bin man? I always think that another vocation as your character is a little strange. Short of an undertaker, I think that's a cool one. But If uh, if Chuck Mambo had gone with that as his gimmick, he'd be uh, saving a lot of money because he could just go nick bin bags from outside houses rather than have to buy all those balls. True, yeah. Beach yeah. balls, uh, you know, that's a... That's a quality item. Yeah, I know. That's a luxury, if anything. Uh, Well, Eddie, look, great to chat to you, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in the ring very, very soon. But before then, we will see you uh, being the the, the Q&A master at this event, the Bret Hart event with Kayfabe Events. Uh, Tuesday the 5th in Brighton, Wednesday the 6th in Cardiff, Thursday 7th Manchester, Friday 8th in June uh, in London. And uh, we look forward to it. Nice one for chatting to us today. That's the run. Thanks very much for having me. Delighted to now welcome on to the show, as kind of we've been pushing for the first two shows, we really want to focus a lot on the UK scene, the independent scene here as well. And me and John, for our sins, are both London-based and will often, I'm sure, over time, get a lot of stick for being London-based and not doing enough coverage of promotions around the country. And the one that we wanted to make sure that we definitely got on as soon as possible because they are, I'd say, the biggest outside of the capital, if not the biggest in the country, I'm sure. Our next guest would agree with us. Uh, insane Championship Wrestling, ICW, and uh, promoter Mark Dallas joins us now. Morning, Mark. How are you doing? Not bad, mate. Cheers for having us on the show. No, really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Look, for people who... Um, there will be people who come to the show and will only be fans of the WWE and maybe some international stuff. Tell them a little bit about ICW and your unique brand of, uh, of wrestling. Insane Championship Wrestling is a company that's now been going for about 12 years and is aimed at an over-18s crowd. <laughs> so you can go, you can have a drink, have some fun. There'll be no children in the crowd, so you can swear, enjoy yourself, um, get uh, really involved with it. And, you know, you might have to dodge a flying wrestler or chair or something at some point. Um, it's very storyline-driven, ICW. It's like, a, I've always liked saying it's like a soap where everything ends in a fight. Like, imagine at the end of every episode of EastEnders, uh, Phil Mitchell punched somebody in the face. Well, so, it's, so it's like the Scottish EastEnders then? Mate, that's exactly what it is. Exactly what it is, but with more alcohol. So um, that's, that's a terrifying thought, isn't it? But it's like, it's like that. So it's like, um, but the, the production quality is really high. Mm-hmm. Um, the performers are, well, look at our track record of the guys that we've had that have went on to like WWE and other companies and performed in Japan and stuff like that. And the performers that are working for us now that are, uh, button for WWE UK as well so our, our track record speaks for itself so if you go to an ICW show you're going to see some of the best performers in the world um, in, at the, in their prime are just about to hit their peak and also you're going to have a, a great night for our twists and turns and uh, stuff like that so that's a, a, in a nutshell 
uh, the, the quickest I can explain <laughs> what ICW is. <laughs> I, I think one thing that I really like about what you guys do, because uh, you said like that, the, the production value, and actually we were um, we were watching some stuff the other day. My wife, who is in no way into wrestling whatsoever, been trying to drag her to a show for the last like five years, saw your product and went, wow, that's really like good quality. Like she was kind of surprised at how good the, the production value is. But it's the fact that, Obviously, there's so much focus on on-demand content and you know, social media and everything else. But you guys actually share a lot of your stuff on YouTube. And so if somebody wants to, if you're going to a show for the first time and you've not been following the storylines, you know that you can go back and, and see exactly what's been going on, catch those big moments because you guys actually share them freely and try and make sure that everyone is at least up to scratch with what on earth is going on. Yeah, we, we used to give our, our show, when we first started our show, was on YouTube. This is like in 2008 or 2009, something about that time. No, sorry, about 2009 to 2010 it was. That's when we started putting our shows um, on YouTube. But we would take, say, one event that we did and split into four or five episodes. And that was where we started the sort of episodic, storyline-driven uh, way of things with ICW. And that um, then evolved, obviously, into selling DVDs as well. But then... The DVD market was starting to like bottom out. Um, there was like everybody was releasing DVDs, like shows in like a shed. It would have a DVD. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> in- incredibly stupid stuff that sometimes happens in British wrestling. For for all the good there is, there's a hell of a lot of absolute garbage as well <laughs> that is dragging it down as quickly as it's going up. So um, you get stuff like that. The market was saturated. So then I decided to find that. Uh, way of doing on demand so we found this site called Pivot Share. I looked everywhere for it. There was no wrestling on it. Now there's about five hundred channels of wrestling on it. So um when we started that was we did that. Found out that was a nice revenue stream. Still one of our main revenue streams. But at the same time when we changed from like YouTube to that, with at first we noticed, right, even though we're getting a, a nice income and there's several thousand people subscribed, um the your general audience is now missing out and keeping up to date with the storyline so we thought right there, there must be a happy medium that we can find and eventually we found that happy medium so it's like right you, if you want to see the full show and the full matches you need to subscribe to on demand however if you go onto your like social media twitter facebook youtube you'll see the big moments the the pl- plot developments they'll all make their way onto there so even if you don't subscribe you can still like you say is follow uh, what's going on with the product when was the kind of moment you guys kind of started out? And I think this is, you know, there are a lot of promotions out there and it is, it's a, we found when we started doing this and started tracking it more and not just looking at the, the big promotions that we go and see like Progress Yourselves, Rev Pro, that sort of thing, that actually there's so many other smaller promotions. When was the kind of tipping point for you guys where you kind of realised that this wasn't just, you know, something you were going to hold in a community centre or whatever, but actually you were going to start moving on to, to venues like the Garage, the Grand, and, you know, eventually get up to a place as, as massive as the Hydro? Well, it's, there, was, there was several different ones, to be perfectly honest with you. The first one was when we uh, ran a nightclub for the first time. There's a nightclub called Apollo 23 on the site of an old famous nightclub in Glasgow that used to be called the Apollo in like the 60s and stuff like that they, they built this nightclub in the basement of it um, named after the club that used to be there but the, this club that was in this basement only held about 250 at the time and I remember running it um, for the first time and thinking my god we've made it there's 250 <laughs> people here but the real the real um, thing that happened that night that was sort of a, a light bulb moment was when this was the first show where there was no kids in the crowd plus there was a licensed bar 
And it was like, all right, this makes us slightly different. And you need to look away back. See, back then, you'd never had guys. But nightclubs are normal now. Like, a lot of promotions run nightclubs. We were the only ones doing it back then. We were the only ones, right, we're going to go and run this nightclub. And it kind of, that was one of the first times that I went, hold on, we might be onto something here. And then after that, um, that nightclub shut down and we'd booked it for five shows over the space of a year. And it got to the last show and the venue wasn't available. So this other venue called the Classic Grand uh, got in touch with us and says, look, would you like to run your show here? So we went and ran our show there and it was a really big show. Um, and at that point it held like 350 people, but you could barely even move. So when we got to that and we had this really big payoff to a big storyline, um, the first time we'd ever had that, that's when it really felt like, right, this is all starting to come together. Nice. And then obviously the last one was when we done documentaries, uh, the first documentary for the BBC, uh, Insane Fight Club. And when we did that, like the next day you went out, it was like, right, night and day, like all our lives changed forever. Like the guys involved in that documentary, myself, Credo, Jack Jester, it was it was genuinely life-changing. Because um, it was like, it was originally meant to be just on uh, BBC Scotland, but then you liked it that much, they made it nationwide, so it aired down in England as well. And just it was like I like I say, his life's never been the same again. And also, all the crowds started going up for ICW. All the opportunities started pouring in, and all these doors started flying open that seemed welded shut just a couple of months before. Do you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, um, wrestling wasn't so embarrassing. It wasn't. It wasn't embarrassing to be a wrestling fan. Which let's be honest, it was. I was really embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. Mark, you spot on. Like genuinely, when I started working here at Talksport, like. Five or six years ago, there's. I'm wearing an uh, OGBC t-shirt right now, and about three people in the office have mentioned it at some point. <laughs> but like, you'd never get. Uh, like five years ago, it was that thing that you knew one other guy in the office that liked it, and you'd kind of talk quietly about it in the kitchen. Did you see so and so at the weekend? Did you see this pay per view? Are you going to this show? Like, but you'd never talk about it openly. And now we're at a point where we, you know. I think it's grown yeah, to a size now where it's it's genuinely massive and people are uh, are back and getting really involved in it again. So I and I think it's thanks to guys like you guys that that it's getting to that point particularly in the UK. I definitely I think we're a major if not the major catalyst for um you know I, obviously ripples and a pond things happened after that but I think that was the the real first moment where a national audience national television saw this thing that wasn't cheesy that was actual fun that was grown men it was do you know what I mean it was we we were responsible for the the sort of beginning of all that, um, and I don't think that gets said enough publicly. Maybe because we are up in the wee corner up in Scotland, it seems to be that oh, this great thing's happening. But a lot of people, if they look back in the timeline, ICW is a major part of that, and is in my opinion the main reason that wrestling. We are the ones that took the risk for going hard on this isn't cheesy, and we're going to put on this more adult, uh, contemporary. A night of entertainment and show you that this because like at first it was um, when you watched uh, ICW or when you watched wrestling or in Glasgow people would go all wrestling then it became oh have you seen that crazy wrestling thing in the town oh have you seen that mental <laughs> thing in the town then it became oh ICW oh everybody knows about ICW and then it became like a household name so in, in, in Scotland mainly Glasgow but in the majority of Scotland everybody knows who ICW are do you know what I mean and then down south Maybe not as much, but we are pretty well known. But I, I think at times it gets forgotten that we are a major, major part of everything you're seeing now. So 
I just like getting that out there, mate. I like reminding people of that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine, Mark. No problem with that at all. And like you're saying, you are known down here. And the amount of times that we've gone... Oh, it's, you know, it's one of the big shows. That you know, we should really get up to that. We should really sort it out. The amount and... of times that me and Will have looked on Skyscanner <laughs> looking at flights to see, oh, can we, can we justify going to Glasgow this weekend? Ridiculous train prices and everything else. But we're going to do it. Eventually, we're going to get there, I reckon. <laughs> Let me know when you're coming up, mate. I'll stick you in the guest list. Oh, look at that. What a, uh, what a guy. There you go. There you go, mate. Doing business, doing business in the middle of a guest, chat. Mate. Me, Cassie, Sue, Cassie, come on down, mate. Have a great night. Got a sofa bed. <laughs> The hospitality <laughs> of the Scottish. Um, Mark, we, so um, we, we obviously saw that Triple H with the WWE crossover and them getting involved in, in the independent wrestling uh, in, a, in a massive way, which I guess, from what you've just said, again, is, is them sort of taking note of how serious the independent wrestling scene is in the UK. Um, it was at your show, wasn't it, that Triple H came out in Cardiff and, uh, and brought Pete Dunn out? Yeah, yeah, I was right. Did, you, did, you, did you find that... That having, you know, arguably one of the biggest wrestlers in the world on the mainstream stage in the last 20 years turning up at your event, did that really sort of drive a lot of interest from new fans? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I remember as we were leaving the venue, so that was the end of a three day tour. So after that show, I think we were staying, oh, we were staying in Cardiff that night, but it was the next day I was driving home. Um, and uh, the guy that does our PR, Thomas Kearns, had uh, messaged me. And he said, look, uh, we're on Twitter moments. I'm like, what, what's Twitter moments? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't think Twitter we moments. know what Twitter moments. Quite a big deal. And I'm like, all right, cool, brilliant. That's that's amazing. The thing that really made me realise it was quite a big moment um, was when I got home and I checked YouTube. And on YouTube's main page, it was in the top 10 videos. And I'm not talking about top 10 wrestling videos, like the top 10 videos amazing. trending at that point in time. So trending. since that moment happened to now, this... The amount of times I get guys come up to me that are not, they might not even know what British wrestling is, but they'll go, mate, that time Triple H showed up. I can't believe you were in the ring with Triple H. Like, right, it must have sort of transcended the genre if there's people that clearly do not have a clue what British wrestling is. Might not even know really what ICW is or any other company, but they knew that I stood in a wrestling ring with Triple H in Cardiff. And I was like, aye, mate, I did. Is, <laughs> you know is it, so I, it's like, it, it did work. It definitely worked. I'm kind of intrigued about that relationship. We'll ask about a couple of your, like when I say your guys, obviously most of the guys who are in this upcoming UK championship have been involved in ICW at some point, but like the real your guys, the Kenny Williams, the Joe Coffees kind of types. But with that relationship that you guys have formed with WWE, and, and we know they kind of have certain UK promotions that they have worked closer with, considering your brand of wrestling, considering it is over 18s, not PG, drinking, swearing, getting weapons in, you know, getting blood, all that sort of stuff. How has that relationship been considering the WWE has had that that kind of reputation for the last 10 or so years of being a PG product? Um, anything I've met with, like, uh, Regal or uh, Triple H for meetings, like when they've came to Glasgow today, uh, Raw Smackdown tapings or stuff like that, I've met them in London and stuff, um, when they were first getting all the guys signed up for the first UK tournament. Mm. Um, I always am very uh, upfront and making them aware of just what ICW is. And they know what we are. And they know that we, I mean, we're not them. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. they know that. But they know that us existing is imperative and important to wrestling. There needs to be all the different styles. And we are this adult style. And they understand that. And it's, it's been all right so far. I mean, for example, the show that Triple H showed up on halfway through the show, 
the show ended with Mike Whitwash and Jimmy Havoc in a death match. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's, that's going to be brutal. Any time that's going to be brutal. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was mental. Talk to us about the guys from you guys that are then uh, are uh, are going to be in this upcoming tournament. Obviously, the announcement came this week. We've talked about the guys on the show a little bit already, but for those who are either coming to ICW or those pure WWE fans will be seeing some of these guys for the first time. I, mean, I did an article back when they announced King of the Ring at, at WrestleMania saying about the guys that I wanted to make sure that I wanted to see take part in this tournament, and Joe and Kenny were both on that list. There are a few guys who are on that list who aren't there. I won't gripe, but uh, they are, you know... You just gripe. Yeah, so, yeah, I know, but uh, <laughs> they're two guys who definitely have earned this opportunity. Oh, 100%. Two, two of the, the, the best um, trying out what this probably... Obviously the best wrestlers, but also they're all-round wrestlers, do you know what I mean? Like, they've got the look, they've, they've got the charisma, they can work any style, they're believable. They're, they're the epitome of what a pro wrestler should be, in my opinion. If anybody, if the ICW is going to go and try and represent us, do you know what I mean? Show what we are. There's two guys right there that scream ICW. Do you know what I mean? They are like the uh, a great example of what I, ICW as a company can produce. Do you know what I mean? That's not to say these guys didn't do all the legwork themselves, but like the 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 spotlight of ICW and the time in ICW and all that has helped them, you know what I mean, become the performers that they are today as well. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing them in the tournament. I hope they, they do really well in the tournament. And I hope that you see some other people for ICW in the future uh, around that brand as well. Uh, and you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. You never know, mate. I yeah. guess it must be a bittersweet moment, like, if and when these guys get called up to NXT full-time and it obviously means that they probably don't perform for you at all or, or maybe occasionally. It must be bittersweet because obviously you've had a huge part in pushing them to new heights, but it also means that you're losing out because your big stars are kind of moving on. But you must yeah, be at the same I, time really proud of them, you know? Yeah, it's, it's weird. That it's, um, a lot of people think exactly what you've said there. I can understand why people think that, but the fact of the matter is, mate, I'm fine when people go like, <laughs> oh, you must be raging that so-and-so is signed to the WWE or they're going away. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm gutted that my pal or somebody that I've known for 10 years uh, or five years or whatever or worked closely with or had arguments with or forged this relationship with, I'm really gutted and raging that they're going to go and make a massive amount of money and <laughs> live in America and... Oh, you know what I mean? What a horrible human being yeah. I would be if I had that. <laughs> yeah. you know, I could understand if the scene didn't have other stars. And I'm not saying the stars, when they leave and the spots open, that replace them are going to be at their level. But they will be someday. Do you know what I mean? So as long as you've got the the groundwork, the grassroots element of the schools like um, uh, GPWA that we work very close with. In fact, I'm standing in the asylum right now, which is where my offices are and also the Glasgow Pro Wrestling Asylum Training School with the two uh, 16-foot, 18-foot training ring. I'm walking uh, about there right now. Um, like, there's so many students in here that are coming through that are going to be great stars one day and they'll go into WWE as well. And guess what? When they go in there, we'll replace them with some other stars. It's yeah. the way it is, mate. It's like a fit body. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you think it with that mentality, like, it's good for people to move on. It's like the territories. That's what's makes wrestling stagnant. No matter how good a star is, right? If they're about in your company for five, six years, how many things can they do before the fans go? I've seen them do everything. I don't care. 
I'm not going to buy a ticket to see them anymore. Doesn't mean they won't cheer when they come out. Doesn't mean they don't care. But it just means that maybe they've told all the stories or done all the things that they're meant to do. And maybe it's time for them to go away. And guess what? When they come back two or three years later, when it's time time's up for them at WWE or whatever, come back. Everybody will go crazy for them again. It's time for a new run, a fresh run. That's the way the territories used to work. And that's what's missing for wrestling. And that's kind of like the things I've talked about way, Triple H and people like that. That's kind of like the idea behind a lot of this. It's like, well, people can go there, but like, nobody's going to stay in WWE forever. So like, when they leave WWE, where they got to go? Where they'll come back to ICW, but they'll be an even bigger star. Case in point, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre went to WWE, came back, had a run in ICW, elevated the company. Elevated everybody he worked with, gave everybody a rub, and then went right back to WWE for another run. So, who's to say all these other performers can't do that? So, it's going to be this cycle that's going to end up hopefully creating an um, environment where everybody can make more money, including the boys. So. Yeah, exactly. Continuing to grow that scene and continuing to grow those relationships. I, I love it. I love the direction it's all going in. Um, now, uh, upcoming events, just uh, make sure if people, this is the first time, they won't be the first time they're hearing of ICW, the first time they think to themselves, right, all right, I've got to make sure I get along to a show then. You've uh, you obviously got your, your monthly show, but as well as that, tell us about Shug's House Party, tell us about uh, Fear and Loathing, your, your third year at the Hydra. I mean, that's got to be just madness in itself. That's crazy, mate. You, I can't even put any words. I don't even want to tell you how much it costs to run the hydro. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it this way, if I'd have sold about a thousand tickets less than I did last year, I'd probably be busking out in the street. That's how much that venue costs. So, um, I it's it's mental. It's absolutely mental to eh, run that venue. I always remember it was like running a venue that cost £500 a hire, and I was like, my God, and then running like a, a venue at the garage, and then running a venue, and it was eh, the Barrowlands, and I was like, oh, this costs £5,000 higher before you put in light and sound. I was like, oh my God, that's a fortune. And then I went and ran the SEC and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> and when I sold that, I was like, right, I'm going to run the hydro. And then my business partner book went, well, do you understand how much it costs? Showed me in a bit of paper. And honestly, mate, I nearly had a stroke. I was like, right, but let's go for it. So we've done it twice. And you know what? We're going for it again. And see this year, the, the biggest crowd we've ever had now is 6,000. I want to try and hit 6,000 again. Maybe hit 6,500. Who knows, mate? Do you know what I mean? He who dares wins. You never know. If you don't play the game, you're never going to win. So that's how it, that's how it goes, mate. So um, Shug's House Party's at the ABC over a weekend. If you want to come to Glasgow for a fantastic weekend, that's a great time to come up. It's the end of July last weekend. The 28th, 29th of July. <laughs> I've, I've, got, got, I've just looking at flights now. Honestly, it's 44 pounds return. If you're in, if you're in the south of England or you're in England, you can get to that. 44 pounds return flights to Glasgow. Mate, it's cheaper to fly than it is to get a train. It blows my mind. Aye, the, the, the environment's screwed, mate. <laughs> Honestly, it really is. <laughs> but as long as I'm making money, who cares? <laughs> oh, that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> that's a horrible thing to say. I take that back. But aye, you can get a flight for cheaper than a train. Um, uh, so it's Shug's House Party Weekender, but we also get a lot of things surrounding the tickets where you get discounts at everything, like restaurants, pubs, uh, during right. the day, like barbers and stuff like that. So you go get your haircut, go get a nice meal. <laughs> what the fun and, experience. Um, I want to do everything. Go get a cut of beers and all that. I, there's like hundreds of different stuff you can do. If you've got an ICW ticket, you, you show that, you get discounts on stuff all in Glasgow City Centre. Um, you have a fantastic weekend. Afterwards, we have after parties. There's different ones. They're usually in the cat house. Uh, last one, I was DJing in uh, Box. There's all these different clubs that have things going on. Um, and, of course, the big one is 
December 2nd, the Hydro, uh, Fear and Loathing 11. And it's just every year we, we pull out the bag and do something spectacular, something big. That's the show where we pull out all the stops. Not that we don't every other time, but this is a show where an incredible amount of money goes into the production and look and everything and all the big feuds lead to this one night. And if you ever want to experience ICW, it's absolute pinnacle, it's absolute peak. You need to go to Fear and Loving at the Hydro, December 2nd. All those shows, tickets are on sale now at ticketmaster.co.uk. Um, just type in ICW in the search bar and all our events will come up in there. You sold that beautifully. I think we should do a pro wrestling show road trip to that. I, th- yeah. I mean, it's my wife's birthday that weekend, but I, that ah, might get me in some trouble. Yeah, but... <laughs> no, I might still want you to be here. Like... She'll kill you. She's never been to a wrestling show. You've no talked to her in eight and five years. It's her birthday, and you're going to vanish up to Glasgow, mate. Yeah, but she gets well no go home. She gets she gets this for you. The new you can move up here because she's not going to want you back. If you need any, do you need any announcers? Anyone to do any comms or anything? Like I might be looking for work. I we're always looking for people, mate. Come on down, man. You're going into a job anyway, mate, because she's going to throw you out. You're in your logo of a house. Bring her along, she'll get a something. discount haircut. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We can send her for discount food, discount haircut. She'll, she'll figure it out. It's all good. Look, Mark, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, let's keep this going. And when you've got big shows coming up, we'll we'll have another chat. And uh, yeah, just great work, man. Nice. Cheers, lads. Mark Dallas, Silas Young, Eddie, Bleeping Dennis. Great show. Great show, buddy. Did a very good show this week. I was a big fan of that. Um, if you enjoyed the show, uh, I know if you've got to do it, uh, Chris Jericho does it a lot on his podcast and we're just doing it once. If you do like the show, please go on iTunes and leave us a review. Um, it basically means that we go up the rankings a little bit and it means that, you know, these these big names that we're getting on the show will continue to support us. So, um, yeah, just give us a five-star review. Write that you, you like Will. Give us a rub. That's all we're looking for. Give us a rub. Make us look good. Shine us up. Yeah. Put yeah, us put, over. Put, Please put us, put us over, over on, t- on iTunes. <laughs> put us over on iTunes. Put us over on Twitter. Honestly, we love doing this and we're only three weeks in and, and some of the stuff, you know, we've got Bret Hart coming up. We're going to have all the NXT stuff coming up. Uh, like, honestly, this is going to be an Some, awesome next couple of months for someone's wrestling. Someone's approached us about doing our own merchandise already. <laughs> that has happened. If you're interested in a pro wrestling <laughs> show t-shirt, hashtag That horrible t-shirt. picture of us as the Steiner Brothers on a t-shirt is not a good idea. No, it's one, a great one, idea. Okay. We'll have to redesign that, I think. So at Pro Wrestle Show on Twitter, if you found us without being friends with us on there already, uh, and yeah, give us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast because it really does help us massively. Thank you for listening, guys. John Jackson, you've got your hand up. Like, I was just going to say, I'm Eddie Dennis and you're in school. Just purely, if you go to a wrestling show and you take any photos, you want to let us know that you've been to a great show at Pro Wrestle Show, let us know. We'll mention it in next week's show because we want to. We're, we're we're still ticking off new promotions that we've not been to. It'll be great to know which ones are good, you know, even small ones that we can support. So yeah, just send us a tweet. We'll check them out. And if it's an excuse for a road trip in Will's little car, happy days. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Pro Wrestling Show.